Mike's paralyzed. <laughs> I mean, yes, but not, not the time. No, Soon. No, cut, uh, it, cut it now. So we are, as a group, I guess, uh, we did a very big, like, caloric, lots of energy episode. And yeah. now we're bringing it down into the thematic, just more of a chill. Let's hang out, guys. Yeah, we're, we're getting into some basics. Yeah, sit on the couch. Yeah, chill. Lay on the floor. This isn't very humorous. Go outside into the sun. Have lizard time. Yes. <laughs> it's because you are a lizard. No. Just. I'm not going to argue anything. Just like, I, if it's not now 85 can... degrees at like 78% humidity, I'm not happy. Now I can just <laughs> picture John on the floor like a bearded dragon. He gets pissed and he's just like. I kick. That's kind of how it was when we lived together sometimes. <laughs> yeah. He just yeah. rapidly shuffles at something, just angry with his chin up in the air. Just yeah. Like, yeah. A few yeah, times actually. we had to like wake him up to go to work. I just would open the door and throw something vaguely in the direction of his bed. Just be like, well, I hope he's up. <laughs> I will say there were times when we living together that you would be really fucking upset and you'd do a good job of covering it up. Until you got to the stairs, either up or down, and you would just take all your frustration out on like the stairs, just ascending or descending, just like like you'd come home from work and be like kind of tired, and there's a bunch of people drinking and partying, and you were not in the mood for it, and you'd be like, "Fine, I'm just tired. I'm gonna go upstairs, like completely chill." And then the second you get to the stairs, just boom, 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 boom. door slam, and then just like we didn't hear you again the rest of the evening. Yeah. A couple of times you hit it with the kind of velocity that only comes from a blast beat. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. I don't blame you. Yeah, that's all forced. Right <laughs> I here. just hope. Okay. All right, let's talk about consent and LARP and session zero. Huh. Hi, and welcome to Blank Bodies, a vampire podcast, Vampire the Masquerade podcast. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I think the programming's kicking into Hunter. Oh my god, he skipped a bit. Hey, and welcome to Blank Bodies, a Vampire the Masquerade V five podcast, tabletop and horror. I'm Hunter, and as always, I'm joined by... This one is John. Hello, this is Sarah. And that one is the Lorebot. James, and I am Borging Hunter. Uh, no, oh, you're not, no, because no, today's... No, no, you're not, because today's episode is all about consent. Yes. Well, I'm sorry. So, this is Parties. a uh, addendum continuation of our consent talk from episode five. Uh, basically, that episode is kind of a micro, like, Consent at the table and actual things that you need to do and consider when, like, starting a game and how the game progresses. And now we're kind of going into whoop, big picture macro consent things. We're zooming out. We're zooming out. You ever doing that video where you're like, we're gonna we're gonna look at a fucking quark, and then it just zooms out into atoms and then molecules and then things and then a baby and then the planet and then space and then it just keeps going until it becomes then a quark and then yeah, ah, uh, take that electron, minute black bullshit out of here and then. Science is fucking over cool. And over and over. Mm-hmm. Everything I love is fractals. Eventually it repeats. Yes. Time is a flat circle. So, yeah, we're going to touch a little bit because I had mentioned briefly Nordic LARP uh, in the first consent episode. I'll talk about it a little bit more. Basically, this episode is a condensation of a big presentation I gave for college. Nice. About consent and gaming. So, I'm just like, oh, it's just, there's good info in here that I wasn't able to, for time reasons, cover in. The first consent episode, so. And in light of the fuckery of the Second Inquisition book and potentially other darker themes that will come in the World of Darkness setting, probably good things to touch on. Yeah. Yes. Ah, so the main sources of this, again, would be Consented Gaming, the Appendix 3 Advice for Considerate Play from the Core Book. I've also added an article from the uh, Nordic LARP website, which is... Creating a culture of trust through safety and collaboration LARP mechanics. So that website's really good because it does, it's like made for people involved in the Nordic LARP community, but there's a lot of articles about the way they design and put together games with these themes in mind that you can pull info from for yourself. So quick review. What is consent? Consent is a clear, knowing, and voluntary agreement to participate in a given activity. That's from U of Southern Indiana's consent website. Yes. Oh. The point of gaming is to have fun, and nobody should try to convince them to do something that they don't think will be fun. Consent in gaming, page four. Yes. So, e. quick review for those who had not listened previously and or forgot. Yeah. So, we are super encouraging on the uh, make sure people are cool with things before you do them. Not just in gaming, just in life in general. <laughs> this is just good life advice. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be a turd. Because, again, we've really just, like, 
tricked ourselves into believing that really it's just a group of players and a GM that controls everything when really it's just one person is elected to hold the talking stick while everybody else is telling the same story. I would say it's closer to... It's like if you were to plan a picnic at a like local park and then everyone got there and that picnic was actually like a 15-mile hike. Mm-hmm. You got it, It's more about actually, you know... Letting people know what they're in place for. Because some motherfuckers are into hiking. I am not one of those. Oh, yeah, no. I was just going more for the, like, we've tricked ourselves into believing, oh, no, no, this is the GM story, and you're all just here for it. And it's like, no, the the, the players are just as important as the GM, so consent needs to be, like, you can't just be like, ah, yes, the arbitrary god over here is the one who decides what is okay and consensual. I would say that kind of, not the consent part, yeah, yeah. but that kind of varies on the game you're playing. Like, if you're yeah. sitting down to, ri- right, we're going to play this pre-written Call of Cthulhu adventure. It's like, now nah, he gets final say. You're going to yeah. get through it or not. But, mm-hmm. you know, but if you're playing something like Vampire, where a lot of it is just, like, caddy bitching and Elysium and stuff, then maybe, it, mm-hmm. and then it becomes more everybody's thing. And different games have different mechanics yeah. where players can write background story and they have control over little sections mm-hmm. or you know, world building games and that kind of thing. I think it very it varies depending on how much the ST is really in charge of things. Mm-hmm. But either way, the ST is more in charge of making sure that everyone is getting the experience <coughs> they signed up for. Mm-hmm. I think that's a better way to... Yeah, I like to put it like this. Action-y games where a uh, storyteller or GM is like heavily involved and heavily in charge is like an orchestra. Because, you, you know, you have that guy running the whole damn thing. Everybody has to pay close attention to him to make sure they're on time and everything, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't really have an orchestra without a conductor. And you definitely get a conductor without an orchestra. is kind of just a dude waving his arms with a stick. Yeah, it's just wizard um, duels. Yeah. Yeah, the guy's but, just being a reference for artists. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, like, vampire and more story-driven games where it's a collaborative effort is more like a, like a free-form jazz band. Mm-hmm where everybody's pretty much on the same time frame. You have one guy who's trying to keep everything together, and then you have that one drummer who's just going. going. <laughs> He's just that... Uh, Slow. The, what is it? Dragging. Japanese, like, apple cat mascot at the drum set, just fucking going. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I love that guy. Whoever they are, Papa Bless. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, there's loads of game systems. There's loads of different tones. You can have even within one game system. And... Tabletop gaming in general is getting more mainstream and popular, you know, with the things like the Critical Role and the Dimension Twenties and the whatnot, and whatnot, you know, because of these trying times and having to be inside a lot, a lot of people are getting into this this hobby that we all love, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so we're getting loads of different kinds of people with different experience levels, different cultural backgrounds, mm-hmm. and different physical and mental capabilities, and how. The goddamn, do you balance all this shit for everybody? Because everybody's unique, and also, we all community together. And we are all equally unique and the same at the same time. It's so weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I really liked, there's a, a YouTube video by Johanna Kuljonen. I, I hope I said her last name correctly. I don't know. Uh, but it's talking about opt-in versus opt-out game systems. Uh Basically, she advocates for designing games to have the maximum amount of freedom for characters and people to engage with and also withdraw from activities. Hmm. So, seems really simple concept. I don't know why, particularly within the context of the United States, we've not been good at doing that. (laughs) That's my roleplay experience playing with other Americans mostly. So, I'm gonna own that. Uh, But yeah, uh, also making sure that we design our games with a community of care which i know sounds like a bunch of hippie bullshit it is a little bit but it's the good kind of hippie bullshit not shitty racist white people appropriating culture mm-hmm. hippie yeah shit. yeah uh but yeah the focus should be people are more important than the game so you know however cool your story is or your mechanics or whatever if your friends aren't having fun what the fuck's the point why are we here? Why are we doing this? Uh-huh. Also, establishing that self-care is normal and encouraged, players will be more opt to speak on use techniques to voice their needs. Uh-huh. So making sure that we all have game spaces where folks can be like, Ayo, I'm not feeling this, or I'm noticing some tension, or something, will allow people to voice problems and get them handled before they explode into giant problems that will explode the group. 
Yeah, yeah. it'd be keeping it, friendships together. Because I'm yeah. pretty sure everybody in here has had at least one moment in a game where a problem boiled over either for them or somebody else in game where it just fucking exploded. I'm assuming that happened at least once in a game with y'all that you can think of. Because I know I can think of one, and I'm just assuming. The, the closest I got to that was I was invited by a friend to join his other friend group's game, and I sat in for one session and was like, this is very much not for me, and I just left, so it never became a problem. Mm -hmm. But that was also a guy trying to run a campaign in D&D 3.5 for, like, 12 people sitting in the same room. Jesus And I was like, you get to sit for two hours, then your character gets to do something. All right, we'll be back to you. So that was a little... That was a lot. I think the problem was just the scope outweighed uh, their ability to make it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you want, if anybody wants to, else, if you have any explodey... Huh? Do you have any explodey stories? Either you have or somebody has. I think we've played together for so long that our group has always been kind of chill. The biggest yeah. thing we've had to explosions isn't, like, problematic or anything. It's people having, like, personal issues that, mm-hmm. like made us put games on hold or like yeah. ADD yeah. wandering away from the table and then having to like be like a, Hey, Hey buddy. Like you good. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah. otherwise I don't think we've had, we've had any massive problems in our games. I think the only time that I can think of something happening that like we, t- uh, that I remember talking about afterward was actually just an in character thing and it was totally fine. Um, it was when uh, Wyatt in your hunter game, Wyatt finally got an actually magical book. Mm-hmm. And then that mm-hmm. April girl tried to take it and like throw it out the window, and he like grabbed her and threw her under the table. Like, no, you're not fucking taking this from me. <laughs> and then me and his uh, and her player had like we're like, hey, it's cool because he was actually kind of like, are you all right? Like, do you not like me? And I'm like, no, no. But you were trying to take something actually magical from a guy who's been like ruining his life, obsessed with magical stuff for thirty years. Yeah. Thanks. So strong reaction was that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was about to say. Uh, I think. Yeah, I remember I had to leave a group because they didn't. None of them were being consent. They were all like they had never had a consent discussion before. Mm. Never done, and they all like. I think they were just playing like assholes to each other because they were like, "Oh, it's just really gritty and like it, it. Things can go bad and like it's realistic stuff and bad stuff can happen." And I know my table flip was actually prior to the event that should have been the table flip was we'd been playing a game for like a year and it was the most monotonous stuff that was just like, yeah, this isn't really that fun. It seems like teen drama and then monotonous, nothing happening combat Mm. interspersed with like events that could happen that could just kill your character randomly. Like a character I'd been playing for a year, had a deep story with, got killed. I was fine. And I was like, okay, cool. Characters die. It happens. And then I come in and I'm like, I'm going to make this character. And the whole time, like, I was like, I got to build it like this because I'm making a wacky concept. I'm doing a thing. And then literally I come in and he's like, no, that's not how you can't. You got to really fuck up your point by system to screw you. And I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. Because I was like, no, no. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. But none of, I have not played with that group since then. Because I know that they have never had consent. Yeah. No, like, I've I've had issues with group or even like we talked about consent but uh issues have arisen that did not get addressed and we're all just kind of like awkwardly just like well uh and things should have been discussed more thoroughly earlier but they didn't and that's on us and that is fine we've all taken responsibility for our bit and moved on and i think things will continue on yeah well yeah which that's fine you know just sometimes you have to have the uncomfy adult conversation with your friends to be like Hey, are we good? Mm-hmm. Are we good? Are we sure we're good? Checking in is important. Yeah! Consent isn't just a one-time thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and in building on that, um, and building on the point we just elaborated on, yeah. uh, creating systems of trust allow storytellers and players to build stronger, more inclusive games that can allow for heavier theming. So, like, especially when you're getting into topics like we talked about with the Second Inquisition book and things that can come up from, like, the Sabbat book and uh, even some of the darker, heavier things you can get into... Even the core books for Vampire, like being able to be with a group of people that you trust that you're like, okay, cool. I understand that this is our maturity level. This is what we're kind of cool with. And understanding who's comfortable with what, where everybody's limits are, means you're able to kind of yes and more intuitively Mm -hmm. and 
do more cool badass character things. So, yeah. 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 I, I am here for edgy dark bullshit as long as everybody's understanding what our cap for edgy dark bullshit is. Yeah. Yeah. Be yeah. like, because it's good to push the line, but you want to be like, I'm pushing the line. Is this going to upset? A- am I going to actual psych- uh, psychological definition of the word trigger somebody mm-hmm. for pushing this thing? Because it's like, oh, yeah, sorry. I didn't realize that you were worried about animal violence. You know, yeah. we didn't talk about that. I thought oh, you'd be yeah. cool with that. Yeah, no, like a big thing I have to worry about because I'm such a t- true crime, dark history, fucked up nut. Uh, I will research things and be like, oh yeah, here's this really cool thing about Operation Condor. And everybody's like, I wasn't ready to talk about international war crimes today at the table. I was here for a silly vampire game. Sarah, what the fuck? <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I made everybody sad. Also You're like, I'm the- sorry. I thought that was a silly vampire game. I, I mean, it's not silly, but it's like, a ah, oh, I thought this would be an interesting, like, historical note to help add to our understanding of the drama of the scene. <coughs> also, for the record, I'm not pro-animal sorry. violence. Yes. But I was going to say, we actually had a discussion about this on the server with a couple people. Mm-hmm. And I forgot what, I think it was just like, we were talking about the writing of some of the old World of Darkness books and stuff. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's an opinion and personal matter. But like one thing I was talking about was like, I actually don't mind like really edgy shit usually. Like I kind of feel like sometimes it's a breath of fresh air now that everything's run by like Disney mm-hmm. and you can't get away from family-friendly bullshit constantly. Mm-hmm. So like, for me, if you want to make a character that's like really fucking edgy, like su- serial killer, or like um, maybe even kind of goofy Malkavian, not the best like mental health um, interpretation, or like, oh, I'm just gonna play this dark brooding edge lord, like that's all fine with me. That stuff doesn't bother me. I actually, kind of enjoy it as a trope of the game, but n- no Claudia's. As Ash, I believe, put it, like, yeah. mm-hmm. I love Interview with a Vampire and all that, but if I see someone playing a child character in a vampire game, I'm probably going to be like, uh, I'm out. Or can you play something else? I I would have a talk with him and just be like, how are you doing this? Because it's just like, you need to suss him out and be like, all right, in the two paragraphs you talk about this character, if the words sex get brought up at all, yeah, don't I, just walk away from that person. I, think there might be room in certain games and certain stories to talk about the moral issues of like how people age mentally compared to physically and how like ages have changed definitions especially over the past 20 years 100 not 20 years but even 20 years even the past like 200 years how the definition of childhood has changed Mm -hmm. and handling that and responsible and ethical ways could be interesting but yeah i'm not here for somebody to be like i'm a 500 year old lonely i'm like no no gross stop because um yeah a player that seems like "Mm, that's something to be worried about a storyteller yeah like if you played like a vampire that got turned when they were like 12 or 14 like there would be a diagram of just like acceptable adult to child because it'd be like Okay, yeah, you got turned as a 14, 12-year-old in the 1800s. Oh, yeah, you can have a husband. You can get married. You can have, like, all things. You can be a little little business gentleman or gentlewoman. And then just slowly but surely time would be well, like, no. That also depends on class because our idea of the historical, like, people getting married really young was more of an upper class thing. And that's why we have, like, the literature for it because a lot of these marriages were arranged for business purposes. When you get into working class... No. Their age of, like, marriage and stuff is not that dissimilar from kind of how we are today between, mm-hmm. like, 16 and 25. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. things you should be educated on. Oh, no. I'm just saying it would be an interesting story. Oh, no, for sure. To be like, sure. I was an adult. I was considered an adult in the 1800s. Yeah. And now it is two th- our year 2000. I, I was turned when I was 17. And I, held, I was gentried and I held land and I had titles and shit. And now it's 2022. I can't people, buy cigarettes. Yeah. And now I'm <laughs> and now I'm Edward and I'm chasing Bella over here. And I think on top of that, part of it for me is like if someone's trying to be like shocking or gross or like weird, that doesn't really bother me. Like I have w- sat down and watched some of the Faces of Death movies for oh. fun with my friends. Like yeah. that We've shit. Done that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't really give a shit. Like I. 
Your word I don't, when it's a sexual fetish kind yes, of thing. Yes, I don't care if you're into anything, but when you start bringing that kind of thing, especially overtly into a game I'm playing in, I feel like I'm being drugged in, drug into your naughty times. Mm-hmm. And like I'm not sitting down at a table to get other people off. Yeah. And so like that really squicks me out, even if it's not like something that I'm even necessarily not into, like, it doesn't have to be something that's like universally bad, like the child thing. Like yeah. if you get too into like, like Skipper's playing a character who is a like BDSM club runner and that's cool and all, but like if someone else played that character and that's like all they were about and it's like, oh yeah, he like is publicly like flogging his ghoul in Elysium yeah. for blood yeah. to lick off of her. It's like, when you cross, there's a line that you can cross where it's just like, okay, I don't want to be involved in this. Yeah, anymore. exactly. It doesn't yeah. seem like it's not a time, which is perfectly fine if everybody wants to be horny and everybody's consenting. Because again, my character in that game also has no well, no, there's a minor knowledge for that. No if idea it what sex is. No, no, no. The the BDSM. <laughs> no. If it wasn't for the fact that they go to the same club, he would not know. He, yeah, he would Alan not doesn't know. talk about it. Yeah, he's yeah, not, he doesn't talk. Open about the it. only reason why that character knows is because they go to the same club. Yeah, yeah, because you're that character is a Hakata, and he's realized like, oh, if I feed on people in this club, people like the hurdy bite, so that no. makes it easier for me. Cool. <laughs> I have apparently a dom top. I don't know what that means, but they but keep calling me daddy and giving me a wrist. So like, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> fuck it. It also depends on the game you're playing. Like, we specifically are talking about Vampire right now, which has some very specific, like, dark implications. Like, it's hard to run a vampire in this system without there being some sort of sexual implication unless your team your game and your players are completely wiping that from the board at the beginning like even feeding has like a very sexual connotation and it has for centuries as a vampire but like i just played a deadlands game where i played a 15 year old gunslinger named jimmy and everyone was cool with that because really, he was just like a Dennis the Menace, like dumbass with a couple pistols, like causing trouble. Oh. And that's like a very different system. It's a very cartoony, um, it's a horror setting, yeah. but it's like, it's also very uh, comic book like. So it, it there's a vibe at the table Even you can Jimmy hit. Jimmy almost got murked in that last fight. Oh. Yeah, that was bad. That's how uh, that's how the kid was too in Shadowrun that I had. He's a yeah. little street runner. He was a 16 year old that just had rollerblades and a bat. But to yes and your point, yeah, with VTM, it's very hard to just Nandor when most of the time it's Nadja and Laszlo. And also, funny bit, uh, the group I left, also, non-consenting sex stuff. Yeah, gross. The, no. uh, mm, I'm not going to say it on the podcast because I'm, yeah, it was just, it wasn't even like gross. It was just weird. I, if anybody wants to hear about it, I'll talk to you in private on the Discord. I'm not, that's valid. not public. And we respect that and that's fine. And I'm somebody that's, I am super down for games being horny and weird at the table as long as, like, everybody else is cool with it. Because, like, that's not fair to drag somebody into. Yeah. Yeah, because that's unknowing. Yeah. (laughs) And I, there's also, like, parameters of horny where you're just like, I'm cool with whatever, but the game hadn't hit that level. And then suddenly it does. And you're just kind of like, whoa, okay, hold on. Yeah. I'm not opposed, but this was surprise. (laughs) No one likes surprise dick. And that's kind of the downside, I think, to the consent sheets and why you need to go beyond just filling them out, quantifying everything to like a number or a color and moving on. Because like for me, like I said, like the fetish stuff and that kind of stuff weirds me out when I can tell someone's really into it. But for me, if it's like a Cronenberg-esque horror scene where it's just like a pile of like nearly human bodies writhing on each other. And it's like these breeding aliens is like, ooh, that's spooky. That's cool. Um, Or like... If it's kind of a joke scene and you move on, doesn't bother me at all. It's specifically when I feel like, oh, okay, this is like borderline like fan service in the middle of our game. That's oh. where, and that's where you have to have a discussion beyond like, I filled out these bubbles on a sheet. What now? Yeah. And then what do these bubbles mean? And what I'm hearing is Hunter does not want society to happen. No, that's my well, all time favorite movie. No, society really? is fine. Society is he great. He doesn't just want, he doesn't want antichrist to happen. Uh, okay. I was making sure because I was like, you're just describing society. No, I, I guess what I'm saying more is, I was saying that's what I'm cool with. Uh, like, okay. I'm fine if it's like a horror scene and that has like a sexual undertone or like a goofy like joke scene, like something out of American Pie happens. Like, that won't bother me. It's more when it's just like, 
okay, this is very obviously your thing, and you are now making us all experience your thing so that you can go home, and that's what bothers me, uh, not the Yeah, whenever else. you get that feeling where it's just like, you're going to vigorously like destroy your genitals when you get home. <laughs> Which, if that's what you want to do, pop a bliss. But if, again, consent. But, you know, if just... If folks are not interested at the table, don't do that. Mm-hmm. But in the the scope of uh, stepping outside of the realm of just pen and paper, I'm going to talk a smidgy about Nordic LARP. I'm going to give the caveat of I've not participated in Nordic LARP, like specifically as a genre. I have very minimal LARP experience myself. I would fucking love to get more and or have people from the LARP community come and talk to us more in depth about their processes and like how they organize things and all that. Please hit us up, uh, blankbodies at gmail.com for that. Uh, the closest I, thing to LARP I was ever doing was Dagger Here, which was yeah. just beating the shit out of each other with foam weapons. And just screaming like orcs. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But yes. Uh, but in the academic research I have done, uh, Nordic LARP is a live action role play with strong emphasis on collaboration and collective creation, unobtrusive rules, as well as a rich variety of play styles and settings settings sometimes including heavy themes that's from like the official like nordic larp website i dig it yes uh the basis from the standards that of this like community and how this system tends to work is based off the systems that have been um organically organizing in the countries such as norway sweden denmark and finland so hunters people (laughs) uh yeah the focus tends to be more on story drama and atmosphere in these uh role play settings and systems uh winning and losing quote unquote uh most often serves the ideals more than the player against player in a game competition so it's more of uh you're doing action things to serve the story and the narrative and the drama as opposed to I smack 12 kobolds, I get 600 gold and a magic item of this rating. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you're involved in a Nordic LARP system, rules are few when they exist at all and are often designed to break immersion as little as possible. So it's a lot of just like you're in character, you're doing the thing, we're in the scene, acting. Right. Uh, Characters are generally described with personality traits, background and motivation without stats or numbered skills, score, experience points, or leveling are very rare. So this is, uh, you know, you have like really crunchy uh, tabletop systems. I'm trying to link this back and forth. So you have really crunchy number tabletop systems like Dungeon Dragons, Pathfinder, uh, Shadowrun. Shadowrun. And then, you know, you have... 40k. Yeah. And then you have games like the World of Darkness systems where they're more story and narrative driven and the dice are more used to yes and what you're doing or to add elements of uh, random acts of the universe. Mm Mm-hmm. Also because we said it a second time, always be 3D printing 40K minis. Yes. Fuck Games Workshop. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. I would almost say that World of Darkness is almost more like the midpoint as far as like crunch goes. Like At I, least V5. I, all the editions really, like even if it doesn't all work, they've always been like pretty like crunchy. Here's a table of vehicles. Here's a table of different guns. Like uh-huh. there are a lot of newer games. Like we played uh, Blades in the Dark, which has, is like much lighter rules than, oh, even it, than that. Like, and there's games that are getting popular now that have even less. Yeah. So this is the Nordic Lark thing, I think kind of ties into like a lot of the, the bigger movements in like the game community now. But yeah, so calibration and community care. So this is kind of where we synthesize the consent from before with the info we've had from Nordic LARP. Because a big proponent in my reading of articles from Nordic LARP is making sure that you are designing games from the ground up with the emphasis on uh, using consent tools as much as mechanics of the game as the actual like stat blocks, leveling systems. And that's something that I'm glad is getting more pushed in contemporary gaming systems where they're like, hey, so the things you use to help like arbitrate player uh, behaviors and expectations as well as storyteller expectations and behaviors matter just as much as what the fuck your discipline pool is mm-hmm. <laughs> like, i would argue even more yeah because it's like yeah it's like oh yeah i got four dots in uh, intelligence i'm a big smart person it's like that's cool but like we gotta we gotta have ways to time out in case things get too spicy mm-hmm. i think it's especially very important in games like vampire where 
it's going to get spicy. Mm-hmm. That's guaranteed. Eventually, you're going to get into some situations where you go, oh, oh no. Am uh-huh. I a bad person? Yeah, exactly. So, like, it's super important that we, we, we have those ongoing discussions for these. Um, there, I think there are games that I have played that are silly enough that I, like, I think that an, an initial consent talk at the beginning and then every once in a while maybe go, cool, cool. Um, it's... It's nice to test base at like the end of a session every once in a while and be like, everybody doing good? Yeah. 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 It does, like I was talking about earlier, um, playing like a child character in Deadlands versus World of Darkness. Like, um, yeah. if you're running, you and your friends are going to sit down and run fucking Tune and we're going to play like, we're going to play actual cartoon characters and we're just going to do a Looney Tunes episode. I don't know if you really need like in-depth sit-downs with everyone all the time. Depends (laughs) depends on how uh, far back you go into the Looney Tunes. Yeah. You get into the Betty Boop era, and you're like, "Mm, Mm. there's going to be some blackface that's going to get real uncomfortable. Betty Boop is uncomfortable. She's supposed to be like 12. She's like 13, but there's also an interesting kind of theme with Betty Boop as a character is that she gets into situations where other characters are basically just sexually harassing her, but the narrative at the end of every episode is Betty didn't do anything wrong. She was just vibing. And then this guy's being an asshole and, now and the grabbing town. at her. And now the town's beating the shit out of him and making sure Betty's cool. Yeah, because yeah. Right. Yeah, surprisingly... we understood in the 30s. I don't know why now it's so confusing. Yeah, I don't know how, how we were like, we went from, it's perfectly fine. Betty can dress however the fuck she wants to. Well, she shouldn't dress like that. That's the reason why she got insert terrible thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any the of them. the mountain was trying to get her and you're just like, get the... Fuck that guy, no. Hit yeah, and then everybody in the town's like, beat him up. <sighs> but yeah, Good there's... That, kids. Yeah, <laughs> so things from Nordic Lark that I think carry over into tabletop and roleplay games really well is having off-game moments. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong if you're in a scene, something happens, and everybody, like, cracks a joke or takes a moment to go, like, hey, what's up? Yeah. And then you get right back into it. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Doing little check-ins. Uh, I do like the okay check-in where... Uh, basically, if there's an interaction happening and somebody's want to like make sure somebody's cool, you like you point at them, you do like an okay, like are you good, nice. and they can do a thumbs up, an eh, like so so handshake, or a thumbs down. And if you get a so so or a thumbs down, you guys can use that as the stepping point to either pull them aside and let the interaction continue, mm-hmm. or pause everything and be like, hey, what's up? And mm-hmm. it's a good, not super intrusive way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's harder to do with the digital space, so yeah. you know DMs and group chats are good. Ping. Just a little ping, like, you good, bro? Also, like, having options to, like, slow down a scene where you're like, hey, so the uh, the torture sequence is getting a little much. Can we, like, fade to black or somebody interrupt this? Yeah. Like, Can we put the cheese grater away, guys? We yeah. Don't, we don't need the cheese grater. I'm very concerned the tiny wizard has a ball of copper and is just chanting heat metal. <laughs> It's so spicy. Okay, real quick though, do you guys remember the uh, the nickel ball? Yeah, channel? nickel ball channel. Oh, mm-hmm. it's so good. Uh, it's yeah. still going. It's good. great. Yeah. Uh, Again, as I tell people, anytime they're like, "Oh, we're gonna torture this person with heat metal," I'm like, "You just take a ball of copper, open their mouth up, put it in, and go." All right. Yeah. That's how you do a war crime. Well, instead of that, what I did recently with my trickster cleric was string oh, a bunch of jingle bells together on a rope. And then cast heat metal because I'm like, well, it's technically one object now because they're all in one thing. It's technically just a jingle bell. And the DM went, okay. And then I cast heat metal on it. We dropped it onto a snow golem on top of his head. It just melted through him. It was just the circumference of their necks. So they're just like, I can't get it. I'm stupid. (laughs) I was just like, I'm so glad I bought that big bag of bells. Y'all made fun of me. No, Bells one, are great. One of these times, I've had several yeah. DMs do this. I need to do a uh, adventurer's kit because I have just a group of items that I'm like, I always get these. But yeah, and other other things to consider within like calibration is like pronoun corrections because, you know, there are the transes that exist. Hello, I am one of them. I don't care about my pronoun. Mm-hmm. You call me whatever the fuck, but there's some people that do care. And also there's like in character, like somebody might physically be male, but they're playing a female character and you'll just like fuck up. Mm-hmm. Just correct move the fuck on it's not that deep we're adults it's fine um there's also you know physical negotiations that should be had about like hey so how aggressive can we be at table like am i allowed to if a scene happens like touch your shoulder uh how far are we willing to go with this um also you know discussions about how sexy can it get Mm -hmm. also good to know because you know there's some games like fucking what was it like la by night had like two scenes where players like actually kissed at the table and i was like oh okay 
Never had that happen at my table. Yeah. But wow. good for you guys. I'm glad you're comfy with it. Other yeah. people might not be cool with that. And that's fine. Yeah. Great moving moment, but I'm like, are they gonna fuck outside a game? Uh, I think they're gonna fuck outside a game. They don't know, that's their Who lives. Knows? But yeah, you know. exactly. No judge. Yeah, well, I think that's also something to keep in mind for people who are newer to tabletop games and are coming in through like these big stream games and stuff like that. Is like there's a lot of stuff that's really cool or fun to watch someone else do, like a TV show mm -hmm. that if you try and do at your table, it's going to suck. It's either going to be uncomfortable or it's going to be really fucking boring mm -hmm. or... This, this you... is much like porn. Just because you see it on there and it looks fun doesn't mean you need to definitely recreate it. It <laughs> might go very badly. <laughs> it might go badly. <laughs> and people in porn are professionals. They have talks ahead of time and they know what their limits are. Mm-hmm. And things you should discuss with your partners. Yay! Yeah. 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 And also, like, because we brought them up, like, these big stream games and stuff, like, their goal, they are professional actors, and their goal is to entertain the viewer. If you are sitting down at a table with your friends, there is no viewer. Your goal is to entertain each other, and as ST specifically, to entertain yourself and your friends who are playing. And so they're going to do things on these shows that... It might be interesting on like a Dimension 20 show or whatever for them to sit off and do an hour long side focus on one person's character because it it advances the plot that they're telling you. If yep. you try to do it, that at your table, like I mentioned earlier, somebody's going to wander away. <laughs> three fourths of your table is going to be staring at their phone for most of it. I guarantee it. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to feel like, oh, well, I'm glad I came uh -huh. today. That sucked. Yeah. Unless everybody's invested in the characters. There yeah. are some times where you're like, oh no, I'm into this. Also, just a note, if anybody ever says they want to be the next Matt Mercer at your table, run. Well, it depends on the context of that. Because there's some people that are just like, he is a figurehead of aspiration. Where it's like, oh yeah, no, Rice is really cool in Death Stories. There's all this great voice acting. That's the thing I want to do. That's cool. That's a cool goal. But also like... You're also your own person, and I swear to God, you do your own cool things mm -hmm. that are rad and your friends love you for, and you should probably expand upon those things. It's like any other art. You yeah. don't want to be like, um, no one gives a shit if you're like, I'm going to be the next Jackson Pollock, and then all you do is throw paint at a canvas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I, I can't remember if it was Brennan or uh, Matt that said it, but they're like, don't try to be the next me. Be the you, because you're your own unique GM. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one last thing I wanted to talk about, at least from the Nordic LARP uh, structure that I thought was neat and good for tabletop things, and it kind of goes along with this, which is preemptive opting out. So before the game starts, if you have a player that's like, hey, I'm not good with the horny, or hey, I really don't want like violence against dogs, or hey, um, I'm afraid of traffic accidents. Yeah, just ahead of time, just being like, no. Nope. Or, you know, hey, I don't care if there's romance at the table. I am not interested in that as a player, so just tap me the fuck out. Yeah, good, good stuff to have. Mm -hmm. And uh, these tools uh, are good at establishing things from the beginning and should be continued on throughout the game. Mm -hmm. uh, I have been excited that more and more people are using that consenting gaming, like, free sheet to yeah, that's dope. Uh, cover things. The sheet is very basic, and there's a lot of shit that does not get covered in that sheet, and it mm -hmm. does not encapsulate everything. So... Uh, being aware of your group and how y'all interact is good and something to keep in mind when writing your stories and going forth. Also being aware of who's actually at your table. So this includes things like uh, how uh, varied the players are at your table, whether it's like age range, whether it's like experience levels of the game, people from different cultures also. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, because you might say something as an ST that to one group of friends is chill, and then you say it and another group of friends and they have a different context and they're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, nothing. Um, for example, I was talking to um, Crazy Bait yeah. um, about the game he's starting to run. Um, he was telling me that a cultural thing in Canada, especially mm -hmm. if you have ever been involved in the prison system, mm -hmm. don't call somebody a goof. Don't do it. Don't call them goofy. Don't call them a I think it's goof. Because apparently, if you're being a goof mm -hmm. in the prison systems of Canada, it means you're a pedo. Oh, 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. I see where they're I see where they're coming from, but I want to know how it started. Yeah, they, I want to be uh, like somebody who apology sounds interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm just like that's exactly where I who went. The to. F- I was like, but why? Yeah, <laughs> who the fuck looked at Goofy and went, "That dude fucks kids." Yeah, and also there's just um, because of the way society is and all the the patriarchy and the heteronormativity and the white supremacy and shit, there are certain things that can come up in a game. That you are going to think is chill. That one of your queer or people of color friends is going to be like, yo, what the fuck? Yep. And just be respectful of that the best you can. And educate yourself as best you can. No one's perfect. You're going to fuck up at some point. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, you Actually, speaking of fucking up at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, speaking of fucking up at some point. You kind of actually alluded to this um, earlier. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to emphasize that... Not if, but when you do fuck up, because eventually, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to accidentally call somebody by their wrong, their wrong pronoun, or mm-hmm. you're going to raise your voice and it may, you know, kind of whoa, somebody. Mm-hmm. It's really important to acknowledge it, apologize, and then, like you said, move on. You don't want to be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I really am trying to and make a big or, deal about it. Yeah. Or do the exact opposite and be like, why are you getting upset? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, there's also accessibility and communication because we're all playing with different people. There are some folks that have like physical disabilities mm-hmm. or issues um, that might want to use like different types of dice than you're used to or digital rollers or whatever. And then you're going to have people that like English is their second or third or fourth fucking language. Or, you know, vice versa, you're playing with a group of friends and you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to go play with my Latin friends and their table is in Spanish and I'm trying to learn Spanish. You're probably going to fuck something up. Uh, I I really like the concept of being able to uh, not only acknowledge and uh, apologize, take accountability, moving on, and not haranguing people, but also having the ability to step away with grace. Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, hey, this is not my thing right now. I'm having a bad week or whatever. I'm just not in the mood. That you can bounce either for the day, for a few minutes, just forever, and it not impact you socially outside of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's like, well, I've, it's like, well, if you leave this, you're going to ruin our friendship. And it's just like, bro, I just, yeah, because like, I, I, I'm pretty open to the fact that I have uh, PTSD, and there's like things that happen sometimes where I'm just like, hey, so I've been spiraling in the back of my own head with like flashbacks for like four days, uh-huh. and I'm not emotionally available, and I'm doing my fucking best. And everybody's just like, yeah, that's cool, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey. <laughs> it's weird. It's like we want you to care about your friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, wow. Yeah. I, I was going to say kind of the opposite for me. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I mentioned on the show before, but uh, I am a cancer survivor, and nothing bothers me more than when people go out of their way to be like, I'm so sorry, or make a big deal about it. Yeah. Like, I just don't give a shit. Um, I got through it. Tough time. I'm alive now. That's cool. Yeah. I just, and when I bring it up and someone gets like real, like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. That must've been so hard for you. It's like, yeah. please don't do that song and dance with me. I get it. It sucks. That, that is a past time in my life. Well, it's over. It's also, yeah. it's kind of like, cause like I've talked about my causes for PTSD and it's kind of a similar thing. People are like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Did it. And I'm like, you, you've taken a thing I'm dealing with and expressing to you to explain mm-hmm. the context of X, Y, and Z. And now you're making it about you and it's weird. Which does make me curious. How do you feel about the 3.5 prestige ca- uh, class, the cancer mage? I don't care. Okay, I mean, that's that, I that, like I, I, I love body horror and all that shit. Like it's a scientific thing that happened to me and I am past it. I I might not decide to go watch a weepy like homework channel movie about a woman whose wife's dying of cancer, but at the same time, just like I don't really care. Uh, if it gets brought up and a character has it, fine. But like oh, I don't I don't want it to be I don't want to be treated as if you're any different. I'm any different than mm-hmm. I was before. Happened, no longer happening. That's kind of the end of it for me. Yeah. So like, yeah. Uh, I, I don't. It, I don't want sympathy. I don't want. Oh no no no! It was just a curiosity thing. The class sucks, anyways. <laughs> it does. Fuck that class. Yeah, and I, I, depending on whom you're talking to, I know that same logic can be taken for uh, people that are uh, in the LGBT, the Lebedequa community, uh, and you know certain aspects of being in POC communities where they're just like, hey, you said a thing. You're learning. Move the fuck on. You don't now. You're making. You're now. You're centering your feelings on something that fucked me up. Mm-hmm. Fucking stop doing that. 
Because you clearly didn't learn the fucking lesson. Yeah, uh, I actually had that with a group where I apparently, I didn't know for the longest time. I was like, ah, oh, I got gypped. And they were like, hi, I'm Romani. That's actually like a slur. And I'm like, oh, oh my, oh, that's just a colloquialism that I thought it was. I am sorry. I'm going to stop doing that. Yeah. And for those of you that learned that today, you're welcome. Yeah. And I would say like even for Vampire, we'll go more into it when we do episode, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But like with like Malkavians, like that's something you need to talk to about your table. Like personally, I would tend to maybe even prefer like a, the more like cartoony or less realistic than someone who's never dealt with these issues trying to like take on DID the... or BPD. Yeah. I would rather it be like a fantasy or like in Call of Cthulhu, like someone seeing a mo- crazy monster and being like, Oh my God. And now I'm doing these weird behaviors and then making them more clearly fantasy or like clearly outlandish. Mm-hmm. That is way cooler to me. I like a non PC um, representation of these issues in a fantasy setting, I think it's way more comfier to me than sitting down and trying to watch someone process like an actual medical condition and do it realistically. Mm-hmm. Like that sucks. I know some people prefer that and people who have those issues may want to have those issues treated more seriously. But for me, I think that's kind of just a bummer for everyone involved. And like, you can kind of find a good middle ground like our Malkavian in our game, has a multiple personality disorder, which I mean, that well, doesn't really exist yeah, we, in the real world. Well, the it's ID, DID. Dissociative identity disorder is a thing, but the way we parsed it with that character, because um, that player was interested in the trope, and I was like, okay, well, I'm not comfy having a player try to have DID because that's such a controversial mm-hmm. diagnosis. I don't deal with it. I don't know enough about it. But if you want to instead parse this as like, your character is processing guilt for a action they did in their past and their way of processing this is uh like falling into these delusions of other people to like cope i'm fine with that that's mm. fine because that's something that sometimes people do where they'll delude themselves so hard from something that they've done that they're just like cutting themselves off from it yeah that's sorry that's what i sorry if i misspoke but yeah did does exist i'm not trying yeah. but like the old the, the, the like multiple personality 1990s multiple personalities yes. where your brain switches and all of a sudden you have an entire lifetime of other memories and they used to believe that like oh maybe they have two souls in them like that stuff doesn't exist mm-hmm. yeah. that's what i was trying to say sorry if that came off wrong. oh no you're no, no no i got the i got what you were saying that's the reason why i was like did I'm yes. like that's what we that, that's yeah. kind of how we view it nowadays no. i tried weed once and now i'm gay <laughs> i inje- i injected one I, weed look, and now- i have i have had one unit of weed and i am a gay <laughs> those two things are not correlated i will <laughs> i will say as us me and Skipper on the straight side of the you table. You are on the straight side we of the pro- table. <laughs> we probably have ingested more weed than anyone else in our friend group <laughs> between true. the two of us. Uh, definitely you, me, yeah. You've heard that from us, folks. Uh, hashtag blank bodies. Weed makes you straight. Ew. Gross. How dare. <laughs> yeah, I mainly wanted to bring this up for like uh, the fact that we didn't bring this up before, and I realized it. Also playing with newer players and also the lovely Supreme Court stuff that's happening right now. There are a lot of non-codified rules that like players who've been playing these games before like come into and it's like, oh, we're playing D&D. Everyone here is going to share loot. I know we're not a party yet, but we're going to like share this because that's just how you divide resources and be a good gaming group together. New players don't know that. Like there's a lot of like rules that you believe everybody knows. But new people don't know that. You have to, like, actually say those things in Session Zero. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's part of the me bringing up the uh, character. Because, yes, any conversation yep. you'd started that we had to, like, yeah, the consenting gaming sheet is good. It doesn't cover mm-hmm. a lot of aspects of gaming where it's like, yeah, in Vampire specifically, it's like, how much uh, animosity are you willing to have within the coterie? Because, yeah, there might be loot or, you know, property or ghouls or whatever the fuck. But there's also just, you know, how much backstabbing you're going to have in your game. Like, does the coterie have to be a unit or can you fuck off and do your own things? Are you going to allow PvP? Are you going to allow characters to kill other characters? Yeah. Those things where it's like, eh, that's a vibe that you just need to set with your table. Mm -hmm. Right. 
I mean, personally, I have always said that I think I've tried to say it every time when I've started a new game, but I don't allow players to do anything to each other that could incur a die roll Mm -hmm. straight up. Like, and if literally you just ask the other player, if someone wants to cast a spell on the other player, you ask them, hey, is that allowed? If someone wants to get in a fight, if two characters want to fight, I'm like, okay, but you're not actually going to hurt each other and you're not actually going to like kill each other. You can role play you guys getting into a physical fight if you yeah, want. Yeah, but it's going to be a slap fight on the ground. Pretty much. I mean, even if they both agree to like rolls, one of them's just going to be kind of tired for a while after. I'm not going to let people kill each other. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let people do anything that takes control of another player's character. I think that takes a lot of the fun out of it. Yep. That's 100% why I wanted to bring that up because we know that. We've been playing for a while. We don't have somebody on the podcast right now who's never played a TTRPG or is newer to the systems. Like, we know, like, stuff we've learned that it's like, oh, this just makes sense. Like, the wizard gets the spell book. Oh, sorry. Yeah. The wizard gets the spell book, not the barbarian gets the robe of eyes. Yeah. Well, and looping this into World of Darkest Games, there's also a lot of older players where they learn to play in much more aggressive gameplay styles where they're like, well, yeah, it's a World of Darkest game. There's going to be torture and rape and murder and I can take... Sorry. There is going to be torture and rape and murder and I can just kind of take whatever the fuck I want because I'm playing a villain. And it's like, yeah, you are, but like, I want to fucking have pizza and a beer afterwards. Like... You need to be chill, and I personally do like playing World of Darkest games where there is, like, intrigue and backstabbing and mm-hmm. uh, players doing little bamboozles against each other and shit like that. But you really need to have a game group that is good at communicating outside of character and everybody, like, trust each other to, uh, like, hey, I have this idea for a plot thing where my character is going to do a betrayal. Are you cool with this? Like, what do you think about this? Are you cool with yes ending this and not metagaming? And I'm usually like, fuck yeah, this is great. No. Hurt me with the plot. This is fun. Because <laughs> I'm currently playing a cinnamon roll who's just doing some stuff in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And like I, um, I've run a lot of games for new players. Mm-hmm. And so I've come up to a lot of things that just not expected that I would never imagine a player would do. Um, just a quick side rant. Like um, I remember a game where uh, I had three new players and I believe Sarah. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, one of the things that people advertise to people you knew in ta- to tabletop is you can do anything. It's not a video game. You can do beyond what's coded into it. You can get, a, well, really simple, like most basic trying to like people meet in a tavern, they get hired to go kill some spiders in the woods. Well, like first thing a player did was like, because they were, they had some bombs because i gave everyone like one special item just so so they could have some fun immediately lit the bomb i gave them and just decided to not tell the party so no one knew and they just wanted to blow everybody up that was like their first thing they decided i think i out of i in character in that session the only reason i lived is because i was playing it it was a 3.5 dragonborn race where you're basically just kind of like uh magical adhd i think i had just fucked off yeah. Well, you were doing following I, like I had fucked off to go do something and I had no idea this was happening. You had followed like a side story thing while the others were like just like <laughs> causing chaos in a bar and then blew it up. Yeah. And like I didn't kill everyone, but I kind of said, "All right, this is the end of this session. We're going to have a talk and then we'll come back next time and try and start this game again." Yeah. Uh and then it was like very simple of like with the ranger and a couple people, "Oh, these evil spiders are infesting the forest. You're going to so, you know, obviously it's D&D, you're level two or whatever. Okay, we're going to go fight some spiders in the woods and under the auspice that this will probably be a bigger plot behind it. Well, the party decided, no, we're going to start a forest fire and just burn all the spiders out so that the village is safe. So I let them do it, but just things like that, that like new players are like, oh, the, there's an evil forest full of spiders. We'll just burn the forest. Actually, um, I will say uh, one thing, because I uh, I did play a character that was just like, oh, does this have to be a villain? I was the bar for villainy for an intro story, though at Gen Con, that bar got pushed up at some point. Mm-hmm. Because there's a point where it's like, bandits! And literally the scenario should have been, you either keep the bandits captured 
and they get taken to the law where you let the bandits go and they give you information. I'm a villain character. And again, I wish the GM would have been like, hey, uh, you guys have to act like heroes because this is where the problem is. You don't say this in this game system. You have to say that so the psychosis level does not go up. Because again, the character having an askewed moral compass just went, oh, he won't talk? He has a bullet wound. I'm sticking my finger in the bullet wound and pushing the bullet. He talked. That got topped at Gen Con. Sadly, to that guy, because there was no consent sheet, it was just like, oh, public, you can come on in. Somebody started cutting the bandits' fingers off until they started talking. And it's like, you need to talk because there are just times where people will be like, I'm going to do something very crazy. Like, yeah. Be like, no, 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 you have to act like a hero. And this is why having calibration tools is important because when something <laughs> bananas happens, because players, are, I love players, I love STing, I love running games, but goddamn it, sometimes players will just do things and you're just kind of like, what? <laughs> yeah, just you as a person being like, I'm not even talking to you as your ST, I'm talking to you as your friend, we need to pause, like, are you good? <laughs> Yeah, like, that, we need a snack break. Like, what's that, happening? <laughs> that GM definitely looked at me weird for a few weeks. But then after that Gen Con thing was like, you're no longer the worst. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm happy I'm not the worst, it's but bad. I'm also It's bad when you sad. have a Gen Con interaction and you go, you're not the worst. <laughs> so do you remember, uh, that was, I think both of you, the D&D game that I ran. Yeah. Um, you guys got stopped by bandits mm -hmm. and our mage who was playing like a neutral evil mage. And I knew this. Yes. He just cast a web at all of their feet and lit his torch. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you're going to let us go now, right? And they're like, oh. Oh, no, I remember that moment because I was playing, uh, I was playing a cleric because of course I was. Yeah. And I, the, the, the bards, cleric. I am, uh, the, the bandits were blocking the bridge and they're demanding a toll, and I was trying to talk to them, being like, this bridge doesn't have a toll. Like, what are you talking about? And they just immediately started sexually harassing me in character. Yep. <laughs> and then the neutral evil wizard took exception to that, specifically. <laughs> which I was just like, aw. <laughs> like, yep, it's clear. Just like, Remember. Aw. That was nice of you. Thank you, Fred. Please don't set them on fire. That's a war crime. He was going to. He too. was going to. But like... Remember, your alignment chart is not your morality. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Yep. No. I'll say that we played a shorter game before that where I played a thief and I remember we were in a dungeon <sighs> and there's this evil cultist and like you weren't giving us the information we wanted and there's this like big uh like pit that we we're standing next to us and I remember you being really uncomfortable and we had to stop because my character's like I was playing I think a chaotic neutral thief and I was like all right well if he's not going to talk I'm just going to throw him in the pit <laughs> and you're like but i thought you guys were the good guys it's like you let me play a chaotic like, <laughs> neutral thief all these fuck it he's gonna alert his friends if we don't <laughs> and we had to stop and be like okay okay we'll just tie him up there were a couple times in that game that i was like you guys are the worst good guys <laughs> oh and for the record again come to the discord i'll talk about it that character that i was like does this magic make you evil that wasn't the worst thing yes there there was a chandelier incident Yes, so... Uh, I thought you were going to talk about the pee jar. Well, that wasn't a consent issue. That was just <laughs> that was funny. That was just shenanigans run Amok. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks, Paralyzed. Yeah, so final thoughts on uh, consent and calibration overall. Uh, Nordic LARP seems really cool. Mm -hmm. um, I Maybe someone can prove me wrong, but I'm starting to feel like I might just not be a LARP person. Yeah. Uh, but I think if you are going to go into a LARP, and I think that kind of thing is very important. Every horror story I've ever heard about a LARP is basically new player tries to get into it. People who've been in the LARP for a long time don't like it. Three people rolled dice against new player. They're not in the LARP anymore. Things like yeah. that. like Or sex past. Or yeah. sex past. Those are like the two big things. But I think one of the big things I've heard about people trying to get into LARP and not being integrated is essentially just other people using dice and their stat sheets to, to bully. bully new players or smaller entities within that larger LARP space to go along with the story they want to tell because, well, there's five of us, and so you can have five werewolves against your one werewolf, or you can do what we're telling you to do. Mm -hmm. And a lot of games devolving because of that. So yeah. I think having a system that is... Yeah, I've been playing this game for five years. I have 500 experience, and you just made a new character. Get fucked, Demi. Yeah, I think 
while I'm not a LARP guy, I think that would fix a lot of the nightmare stories I've heard from other people who have tried to get into it. And I'm not opposed to the idea of a LARP necessarily, but like, I think that would make me a little more comfortable in trying again. Yeah. I've never gotten past the, hey, do you want to do this? Tell me about your story. Never mind part of LARPing, but... Yeah, um, I I enjoyed the few LARP experiences I have, but I'm also the asshole that, like, I like making costumes and cosplaying and all that shit. And, uh, yes, I know, I am an ass. <laughs> but, yeah, there's tools here that are cool that can be used at the tabletop to make the tabletop cool. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Don't be dicks. Consent's important. Care about your friends. Yeah. Be nice. There's yeah. loads. We're here to have fun. Yes. We're here to have fun. There's loads of free resources. And Fucking a, use them. And again, my thoughts are, again, much like the Supreme Court, non-codified rules need to be codified. Yes. Sometimes, you know, just touch your base on things that you think are intuitive mm-hmm. or not fucking intuitive. No. You've, you've, been, you, you've been lost in the sauce for too long. Yeah. I had to change a slightly an adventure we were running in the D&D game we were doing, um, which I would have never thought of without a consent sheet. So they do come in handy, but like, one of the things my girlfriend, who first time ever playing, put on her sheet, like, her big thing was she didn't want to see, like, animals being harmed. Well, this adventure maybe just had a pack of wolves that you had to fight with no thought as any other way to get around them. It's like, oh, you got ambushed by some wolves. So mm-hmm. I just kind of took that out and just put, like, a weird magic-looking monster in instead, and it was fine. Yeah. If I hadn't thought about that, and all of a sudden, you know... You guys are like shooting wolves. She might not have had the best experience in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't want. And I like your partner. They are They're adorable. Very nice. She's a good person, and I would not want to make her sad by stabbing a fictional wolf. Like that mm-hmm. seems like a silly thing to do. Yeah, don't yeah. don't make somebody upset over that. And it's easy to it's easy to fix those things. You know, mm-hmm. somebody says, "Okay, I don't like violence against animals. These wolves are there. Keep the fucking stat block. Just describe them not wolves." Mm-hmm. Make it a make it you know, uh, a moss monster. Right, it's a moss monster instead Same, of a it's wolf. Wolf stance. Uh, it's but moss you monster. You don't have to put like tons of extra work into it if you're an ST. If somebody has a problem, you just find a way to make what you have going on kosher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hooray! Yeah, Mazel tov. Yeah. Mazel tov. Yay. Kosher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sweet. Hey, thanks. Uh, Paralyze. Yes. Mm-hmm. You make some pretty rad music. Yes, they are on the Bandcamp. Go check them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are working on some video projects, and slowly, I'm actually trying to make the TikTok work. Yes. Yay. So we will be on there for the youths, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll be trying to answer VTM questions on the TikTok <laughs> through the Blank Bodies page. So mm-hmm. good luck. Hey. Uh, we're also working on actual play games, me and James, and <laughs> we're also working on a actual play of us. With podcast soon, so that'll yeah. that'll be in the, the pipeline. Uh-huh. So hooray, we're doing things. Yeah, we just need to figure out how we actually want to set that up and do that. But outside of that, uh-huh. go and get stupid. And by stupid, I mean fun. And by fun, she means fun. Fun, fun. yeah, yeah, fun. Yeah. Someone will die. Some, Some a fun. Will die. <laughs> <laughs> he had such a good time. He died. Yes. Uh we exist on the Twitter at blank underscore bodies. You can. Tweet at us and or tag us into cool things you are doing and we'll yeah. probably be like, hell yeah, let's promo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or yeah. look at it and go, neat. Uh, we also exist on Instagram at Blank Bodies Pod. Hunter is sharing some of his VHS glitch projects. Yeah, I've been getting into like analog video art. I bought some old television studio equipment that I've been fucking with. So I love how it just feels like an AV kid in high school given an unlimited budget and just run a gremlin muck. Just <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Great. It's been I kinda, love it. It's been kind of cheap so far, but thank you. Yeah. No, no. This is a genuine compliment. <laughs> I appreciate it, that. It just, yeah. as I said, it's just like an AV kid to Gremlin's body and just go. Yeah. I mean, Hunter is like an AV Gremlin, so it kind of mm-hmm. works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also, I've, I've seen the reverb stuff. Yes, it's great. Uh, we also have our interview series. We had the one last week. We are continuing forth. If you're interested in participating. Hit us up. And I. Writing projects. Uh, actual play games, art, cosplay, whatever. If it's horror or VTM related, we would like to talk to your face. We have one more scheduled, I think, right now or in the pipeline, and then we are pretty open. So, I, I honestly have to say, I am sad after listening to that. I wish I could have gotten on with Rose. Aww. They, oh, she seems very nice. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was a good talk. Mm-hmm. I got fucked because of my day job. 
Bum, bum, bum. Hate being a service worker sometimes. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, we have a Patreon. If you donate us enough money and get me out of this, that'd be cool. But don't feel pressure. We're I need working mo- on stuff. Yeah, and we're actually still donating all our Patreon money right now to a local fund. So we've got had that charity running for a little bit. I believe we have one more episode after this. It's This is the last month. So mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're donating funds to the... Uh, all options Hoosier Abortion Fund for local reproductive rights and care. So Hell yes. If you don't donate money, the syndicate pulls my OS. Don't threaten people like that. Yeah, I might. It's not threatening anybody. It's threatening myself. Don't worry about it, dude. I got a copy of like Windows Vista in my house. We'll just throw an OS on you. Do you want me to be slower? I mean, or crash more? I mean, it's pretty, pretty funny, funny when you glitch. When you crash. It's you pretty know? funny when you glitch. Are, are you just trying to find a way to make me sound like a techno DJ booting up? Hey, he didn't I mean, say Windows 2000. That's true. <laughs> Windows <laughs> ME. How do you feel about Ubuntu? Actually pretty good. Stable. I don't want any of you in my circuitry. I'm just saying, it's open source. Like, you can I, be free of the man. I like the man. Fuck off. Okay. I could probably circuit bend you to make some cool noises. <laughs> Help. <laughs> Syndicate. New World Order, I've requested those flamethrowers. Goodbye. 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 Bye-bye. Bye-bye, flamethrowers. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye, horses. (laughs)